On Sunday, the Prime Minister requested the Governor-General to call an election for May 21st. The leaders of both parties addressed the media shortly after to briefly and broadly outline their vision for governance. But it was this quote from Labor leader Anthony Albanese that drew the attention of the union movement. One of the first things I'll do is to convene uh, a full employment summit, which will get business and unions around the table uh, trying to work out how we boost productivity in a way uh, that leads to higher profits and higher wages. On the podcast today, we speak to CPSU New South Wales Assistant Branch Secretary Troy Wright about the positive elements associated with making reference to union consultation from a potential federal government. Also, just what are the foundational elements behind the CPSU New South Wales representing workers who are not employed by the New South Wales State Government? I think historically Labor governments or Labor federal governments have had a model of tripartite um, negotiations, so including government, business and unions as equal players in anything regarding employment and industry and have historically always put processes in place that have enabled that to make sure workers and workers through their unions have a voice. So this sounds like yet another good step in that direction because after... 10 years or almost 10 years of successive coalition governments, workers have been very much shut out of any negotiations or any um, uh, changes to workplace relations or or anything involving their jobs. And really, we are an essential part of that. We are an essential voice and we should, our members should be heard when discussions are had about futures of industry or what changes need to be made in IR or anything like that. Uh, it's, it's absurd that we wouldn't be included. So it's a pleasing step. Uh, is there any hopes as the campaign rolls on um, about our workers in the federal system uh, under the CPSU New South Wales banner? Um, look, we'll wait and see what policies are announced. Um, I'm aware that the federal ALP has announced its IR policy. It announced it some 12 months ago, which, again, is pleasing. That At least it's out there and saying what needs to be addressed. Its major focuses are obviously about secure work. Um, there has been a horrific move towards casualisation in most industries, and that does include some of our areas. Disabilities, for example, is one area in particular where casualisation is creeping in more and more and more. And as a movement, it is absolutely essential workers in all industries have the opportunity of permanent ongoing work and the stability that brings. So casualisation seems to be a major push for, all, uh, for, 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 for us and certainly seems to be something that the federal ALP has taken on board. Obviously, the other crisis approaching us very quickly is how do we address, you know, rising inflation and, you know, and in our circumstance in New South Wales, wages caps that keep it below rising inflation. Obviously, that's a major issue for all our members, both in the state system and the federal system, but at least federally, um, we know that the federal ALP has come to the table with some policies that might address some of that. So they've got some policies regarding labour hire that people that are on labour hire should be paid the same as people in those positions and that will stop or reduce the uh, attractiveness of labour hire. Um, But hopefully as well there should be genuine consideration of reforms to the system and I think unions will at least have the government's ear if an Albanese Labor government's elected. Um, and at least have a voice because we haven't had that for 10 years and that's how we've partially ended up where we are now. Most of our members are employed under the state system. 
we are they are the PSA members. Can you uh, enlighten some of those members why the CPSU portion of our union has a vested interest in the outcomes of a federal election? Yeah, so most of our members are employed by state government. Their rights derive from the state industrial relations legislation and they appear in the state industrial relations commission in the event of a dispute and they get awards made for them in that system. That's probably about 80% of our membership. There's 20 odd percent of our membership and historically it's always been, you know, it's probably been rising, who are not in the state system. They are in the federal industrial relations system. They are there because under the federal act, their employer is within the definition of what's called a national system employer. Um, so these are things for us. So if you're a, if you work for a national system employer, you're therefore in the federal IR system. You are your rights are derived not from the state legislation but from the Fair Work Act. And if you have to appear or you know you appear at a commission or you have a dispute, it goes to the Fair Work Commission. So there's our two groups of membership. We have to as a union traverse both systems. Um, these are employers for us. The, the, the definition of national system employer has been somewhat circular over the last 10 years. It's a term that was introduced in the Fair Work Act in 2009. But for us, it is essentially our employers that either... The traditional definition is employers that have revenue streams or they're corporatised in some way. So we've got a lot of areas that are corporatised, so things like state-owned corporations in water, in, in electricity, things like that. We have TAFE, which was considered a national system employer, partly at least because of the way the Act is and also that it has its own revenue. Universities are obviously national system employers because of the way that they attract revenue and trade, and so that's in you know, trades part of that definition as well. And then we've got other areas that have been completely privatised, whether private prisons, Disability NGOs all come under that. So that's that's the areas for us of our membership that are not in the state system. They don't get awards made by the state commission. They are in the fair work system and subject to all those laws. And look, the Fair Work Act, when it came in 2009, looked like a great vision for everyone. It looked like a way um, of, you know, perhaps enterprise bargaining being at the centre of it, but, you know, would be a way that we would be able to function very well. What we've seen over the last 10, 15 years, in its op- 13 years of its operation is it's become a very problematic system for us as a union. It's got a heavy, heavy emphasis on enterprise bargaining, heavy emphasis, and what we are seeing is that enterprise bargaining and reaching enterprise agreements are decreasing rapidly. The proportion of workers in Australia that have an enterprise agreement is plummeting every year and it's because they're getting harder and harder to get more technical, more legalese, more disputes and no uh, circuit breaker in the event of a dispute. So we have enterprise bargaining that can go for years and not actually reach because for me the fundamental flaw in the Fair Work Act is the idea that if you put workers and the bosses in a room together long enough, they will negotiate an outcome. And what we see is sometimes the interests of labour and capital are so far apart, there is no outcome to be reached. And what the Fair Work Act lacks, in, in certainly in my opinion and others, is some sort of circuit breaker, some arbitration power that a judge can step in and go, hey, look, everyone, that's a reasonable thing to ask for on the boss's side. That's a reasonable thing to ask for on the employer's side. How about we do it this way? It's all left to the parties, and it sometimes doesn't get anywhere. So, look, I, I think an incoming government really, really needs to address this because the Fair Work Act is leading to reduced enterprise bargaining. 
and the fewer people are covered by enterprise bargaining, that's why we're seeing wages drop, that's why we're seeing the wage price index, which is the um, measurement done by the ABS to work out where wages are going, it is stalling. It is stalling, and that's because not enough workers are getting enterprise agreements which have decent pay rises in them, and that's because of the system itself. So whichever government comes in has some very, very serious structural questions to um, look at uh, in regard to industrial relations. Um, Personally, I don't have confidence that a Morrison government would have approached those questions with the right state of mind. Um, They are obviously too pro-business. Um, I don't think any reforms they would make to an act, if they were given the opportunity to do, would be in any way supportive of workers or unions. It would probably go the other way. Mm. And currently the system's skewed in bosses' favour enough, and I'd probably like to see it go along the pendulum time to, for the pendulum to swing the other way. Protect yourself at work. Call the PSA today on 1300 772 679 or head to psa.asn.au.